Hey, this is Brendan Gersall from King's Church. Thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. I pray that this message you're about to hear empowers you, encourages you, challenges you, and equips you to live the life that Jesus has for you. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, King's Church. I'm Pastor Adam, and I am super excited to be with you today and bring the word. I want to just pray with you, and then we'll jump in. God, thank you so much for who you are. We're so grateful that you love us and that you call us children and that we have the opportunity to be able to open your word and study it and grow. Jesus, I'm asking for healing, restoration, asking for your spirit just to move today in Jesus' name. God, that you just speak through me. We love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, welcome. And I just want to say hi, first of all, to my West Siders. I love you so much. I also want to say hi to Nova Scotia, to PEI, and just wherever you're watching from, if you just want to put in the comments where you're from, we would love to give you a high five kind of type thing and just make you feel welcome. So I have the opportunity to bring the word today, and God has put something on my heart that I'm excited to talk about. And I brought this label maker up with me. It's something my father-in-law used in his office, but I actually remember having these. And who remembers the label maker where you actually thought once you got this, I was organized. I thought, oh man, I got the label maker. Now I got to put labels on stuff and boom, everything will be organized. My, my life will be all set. So we, we punch in and we print off a label and we tag it and now we know what it is. If, if you guys know Pastor Seth uh, Cooney, he's got everything labeled just like the label machine all over the place. Actually, if he found out I had this, it probably would have been out of tape. But anyway, we do, we label things and it sticks in. And and things have labels in life. And this is just a simple picture of when we print a label off and we stick it on something, we think that's what it is. For an example, if I print it off peanut butter and put it on a jar, you're gonna think there's peanut butter in there, right? But in our life, like when I take the, the thing of label, for me, um, sometimes the labels that I've put on myself or we've picked up in life are not who we are. And we wear these labels. I remember labeling my pencil case in school and my book bag, and sometimes mom would, would write it just on with a marker, and things had a label and they had their place. But I also remember different things in school where there was different label makers. There were people calling us names. I mean, like, you want to know one of my labels, secret? Adam Brewer lives in a sewer and eats manure. Sometimes I still wear that label. Um, but we do, we have labels. Some of it's funny and some of it's not. Some of it really hurts. And, and through life and through the life journey, and as I was preparing for this, the word identity, I just couldn't shake it. And, and what I've been journeying through myself and just in this season, this COVID season, how things look different is our identity. Like, who am I actually? I actually was uptown and I was doing something and, and I just said, you know what, I'm going to talk to a few people as I was working on this sermon. And I, I just asked individuals, I told them who I was from the church so it wasn't too creepy, but I said, who, who are you? And you know, every person asked, I said, so, so who, who are you? They, they gave me their name right off the bat. And I said, no, I know that's your name, but who are you really? And, and it's, well, um, I'm actually, I work for Irving and I'm a manager over there. Oh, okay, cool. So you're that, but who, who are you really? Who, who are you? 
And the answers I didn't get actually stunned me, and, and it made me think, even myself, Adam, who, who am I really? Like, who, who am I? You know, and we've picked labels up throughout our life that we wear that we were never meant to hold on to, and they have a huge impact on the way we live our life. They just do. You know, our thinking drives our living. Pastor Brent touched on that a few weeks ago. It does. As we think, it starts to drive the way we live. And it's important that our mind is transformed. Like Paul says in Romans 12 too, that we're transformed by the renewing of our mind. You know, don't copy this world, but let good transform us. Let God transform us by the way we think. See, the label maker in life, we live life, we receive Jesus, we're made whole in Him. But as we just journey through and things start to change, and I started really, really, really feeling this in my own life, where I started to question even my identity and, and, and why am I acting this way or why am I doing these things? And, and some of those old labels started to, to come back and I started to believe that, you know what, maybe... I really didn't change. We start to act out on these labels, these things that I believe God removed from my life. Why are they still there? We need to remove these labels in our life. We need to remove the, the junk that causes us to doubt our identity in Jesus because it really affects the way we live. You know, whether we put the label on ourselves or somebody else put it on for us, there can be a label. And I don't want to talk, start blaming others or blaming ourselves, but let's be honest. There are things and there's labels in our life or the way we think about ourselves, our identity, that just messes us up. And as believers and as we move forward, we just continue to sometimes make the same old mistakes or even in this season, we've picked up a new things. You know, a few other things, and we're thinking, why am I acting like this, or why am I doing that? So today we're going to talk about, I, I titled the sermon, and the title doesn't really matter much, but it does matter a lot, because we're going to look at life, labels, and choices. And in life, we pick up labels, but the amazing thing is, is we have choices on what we want to do with these labels. You know, I received Jesus, and if you're a believer and you're watching today, remember when we received him, Jesus relabeled me. He removed it. It was gone. It was gone from my life. I wore this new label of a son and a daughter and made whole, and, he, and I felt his love and his presence, and I experienced a new life, and the label was gone, and the label was gone because of the choice I made. I chose to put my faith in Jesus. And it did, it changed, we got restoration, and you understand what I'm saying. But also choices can really make new labels for me and actually rob me from life, the true life, the life in its fullest from Jesus. See, the world is always gonna be handing out labels. The world is always gonna be trying to tell you you're somebody you're not. And when I say the world, the enemy is in the world and he's out there to steal what you have, which is our life. When we received Jesus, we received all the promises he had for us. Then why do I still act out and do this? Why do I do this? When the world hands out labels, we don't need to stay in line. Why am I standing in line to receive something that I don't want? 
We need to remove ourselves and get out of line. God does not want us to stay in that old place. He doesn't. He has more for us. He has given us a new authority, a new identity. He relabeled me. I'm new. And I love what, what Paul says in Ephesians 4, 20 to 24. And we'll read this together. And it says, but that is not the way of life in Christ that you learned about. And he's talking here in the previous verses about the Gentiles where they just kind of did whatever they wanted. And Paul is saying, but that is not the way of life in Christ that you learned about. And even as I read that, we'll stop there for one sec, but as I read that, you know, in, in my life, you know, those labels and the stuff that I picked up and the stuff that I, I wear that's not, not me, that, that's not what I learned. That is not the way of life in Christ that I learned about. That's not what I learned at King's Church. That's not what I learned through Celebrate Recovery. That's not what I learned as I open His Word. You heard about Christ and you were taught about life in Him. What you learned was the truth about Jesus. You were taught not to live the way you used to. You must get rid of your old way of life. That's because it has been made impure by the desires for things that lead you astray. You were taught to be made new in your thinking. You were taught to start living a new life. It is created to be truly good, holy, just, as God is. So we were created, it is created to be a truly good, holy, just as God is. Our life is, is to be full. And we have these labels. And, and you know, it made me think of my, my brother-in-law, Jeff Reynolds. I, I love him, but his fashion is just not great. And we always would laugh with him. And I remember one day he came into work, back we used to work together, and he's wearing a brand new white dress shirt. And you could actually see the logo of the, of the shirt underneath. Come on, somebody. Who knows? You don't wear a logoed shirt under a white shirt when you're doubling up. I actually saw this in Seth Fancy's life once. Not to call you out, Seth, but I actually saw it. But isn't that what life is like sometimes where I put this new clothes on that I learned about Jesus, I heard about Christ, and about all this life, I was taught to give the old away because it's no good, and I put on this new robe, and it's white, and it's clean, but as the world starts to chuck things at me, it starts to like bleed through the shirt, the, sh the shirt, and I can actually see it. See, today we're going to choose, and as we go through this teaching, I'm going to choose the way I am in life. And that's where the choices come in. I love it says in 2 Corinthians 7.1. It says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. It says, let us purify ourselves. And that's where in the life, labels, and choices where the choice comes in. Paul says, let us chew. choose. You know, Paul is saying we have the ability and the responsibility to put off something and or put on something. Let us choose. So I have the choice what I really want to do with those labels in life. I have the choice. Do I want that to bleed through? 
And I know as I'm speaking, oh, that's easy to say, Adam, we'll just throw that away. You know, you have no idea how I grew up. You have no idea what my circumstances were. You just don't get it. And yeah, sometimes I don't get it, but I know we do have a choice. And the Bible tells us I have a choice, and it's my choice to, to choose. Let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates the body. So why do I allow things in my life that contaminate me? What, why do I do that? And, and I want to choose the way I am in life through Jesus. I have the choice of how much freedom I really want. And I'm not talking about our circumstances, the way we were brought up, or the things you're, you're necessarily are happening to you or your job. I'm talking you get to choose what you want to be like in that situation. You know, we get to determine what kind of spirit we have. And I'm not even talking about the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about the spirit that you have when you enter the room. Right? I'm talking about what people experience before they experience you. Like when you walk into a room, what, what are they experiencing before they even actually get to know you? You know, your presence, your demeanor, your disposition. You know, the part of you that people don't even tell you about. You know, the part of you, that, that, that spirit, the spirit of joy, peace. What, what do I bring with me? What am I choosing to carry around myself? What type of life am I willing to live? What type of life am I willing to go after? Are there labels that people have put on me that I, I'm hiding, I'm shameful, that, that I just don't want to deal with? And it's keeping me from moving forward in, in the name of Jesus. It just is. See, it's, it's our choice. And see, most of us see it as like life is happening to us. But we need to look at it that I'm happening to life. <laughs> like life Life is happening to me. This is happening to me. COVID. I'm a stay-at-home mom now, and I gotta, I gotta do homeschooling, and, and it's just different. Things are just different. And you know what? I refuse to believe that life is just happening to me. I want to happen to life because I have the life giver that lives in me, the one that changed the world forever. I'm saying at one point I received him, and it's supposed to change everything in me. And there is a grace for our mistakes. Not talking about condemnation, but I want to breathe life. Just because there's chaos all around me doesn't mean it has to be in me. Just because things are, are chaotic right now and they're everywhere, it doesn't mean they have to be in me. And you might not even be intentionally choosing to live the way you're living, but you're choosing to live the way you're living. And again, I'm not talking circumstances. I'm talking within you. And the, and the person that you really are, the, the you that you want to be, comes down to a lot of the choices we make. And I've been seeing this in my, my own life. You know, we've all been there. I've seen it over and over. And you know, and today I'm going to give you four things to be very aware of in your life. I believe the Bible tells us to get rid of of these, I believe the Bible tells us that we need to remove these from our life to experience true identity in Him. But I also know for a fact that they sneak back in. So there's four, and I, and I know some of you are going to say, I'm going to work on all four of these this week. And I'm asking for a one-week commitment. Some of you are going to say, you know what, I'm going to work on one. And, and some of you need to go before God and say, God, which one are you really speaking to me about? 
Which one are you speaking to me? Which one do you want me to work on today? So for this week, we're going to go after this. We're not going to go after it in fear and worry and a timid mind, but I'm asking for one week to actually apply these four principles in your life and to evaluate yourself and where you're at. For me, this radically, over the past week, week and a half, radically shook me to my core about who I really was and the labels I was starting to pick up again and starting to believe I was the person that God actually freed me from. The first one we're going to talk about is, is independence. You know, Monday might be really hard as you're starting to work on these, but, but Friday will be awesome. I, I promise you that. The first one is independence. You know, independence is something that actually robs us from our identity. Independence, believing that we can do this life alone, actually will steal, it will rob you from what God wants to do in your life. You know, independence teaches us to isolate, right? That society tells us to, to isolate, to be alone, to figure it out yourself. And in this season, it, it's been unbelievable. And isolation actually removes us from real relationships. And the kingdom of God is built on authentic, deep relationships. So being independent, and some of you might not even understand or believe that you are independent, but you're a fixer. I can fix this. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. No, it's not about that. We need to have relationship. And I'm not talking about now we move from being independent to actually dependent. We become that life sucker. Did anyone see that movie Cable Guy with Jim Carrey where he just moves in and takes over your whole life? No, that's not healthy either. The term I, I, I want you to understand and even write this down, but as you're thinking this week and as you're applying this to your life, we need to be interdependent. We need to be dependent in healthy relationships, and we also need to be dependent with Jesus. We need to be laying everything we have at his feet to have a meaningful relationship, and we need people in our life that we can be honest with. Listen, I'm not bent to be able to sit down. I'm not bent that way where I can just sit down and say, hey, man, I really, really suck at this, this, and this. Can you help me? That, that isn't our tendency, you know, because Satan sees the power in that. That is a hard thing to do, but we need healthy relationships, and we need those people we can talk to. And I don't mean the person at the office or at work where you don't even really know their last name, but you would say, they're, oh, they're my friend. I have a lot of friends and acquaintances, and we have laughs, and we have good times, but I only have a very few that I feel safe enough to be able to sit down and say, hey, I'm really, really wrestling with this. And I'm really, really scared of what it might do to my life or my family if I don't take this seriously. And in independence, you can't do that. Being independent will never open you up to real relationship. You need relationship in your life. It says in Ecclesiastes 4.12, Though one may be overpowered, Two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. You know, a person can say, you know, I can do this alone. You know, God will remove it if I go before him. We need to be together. The enemy will always pick off the person alone first. I've seen it over and over. I've seen it happen to me multiple times 
where I thought I could get through it or I thought I could hide it or you think you can hide it or, you know, it'll just go away, the enemy will attack the lone person. Together we're stronger and God intended it that way. The next one is self-centeredness. This, for me, this week was um, almost disturbing on how off we can be as believers. You know, most of what we think about is ourselves. We even, and I don't even believe it's intentional. It says in 1 Corinthians 10.31, So whatever you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. You know, this change of self-centeredness isn't just going to happen overnight. We receive Jesus in all His glory. And thinking about ourselves or being self-centered is actually going to rob you of, of who He's called you to be. It's going to cause you to pick up labels that you were never meant to pick up. You're going to wear things that you were never meant to wear. You're going to forget your true identity in Him. So what are... Are you self-centered? Are you thinking about yourself the most times? When someone asks you, hey, can you help me? Are you like, oh, man, I don't want to help. Kind of what's in it for me? It says in Philippians 2, 3 to 4, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain or conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. Humility isn't saying, I'm the worst person in the world. Humility isn't saying, thinking left, less of yourself. That's not what Paul's saying. Paul's saying, don't just care for yourself. You know, care for others too. You know, don't not care for yourself, just not yourself. We need to be moving forward. We need to be caring for others. That'll start to change who we really are in life. See, the Bible says, if I humble myself under the mighty hand of God, if I actually humble myself under His hand in this season, in the right season, God will elevate me. If I humble myself, not a false humility. You know, see, when a lack of humility actually elevates us, I believe as soon as we get elevated, as quick as we will fall. There's a false humility saying, um, you know, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this so I can get this promotion or I can get this permit position. And even in my marriage and in my life, a lot of the things that we do are for self-gratification. Right? They're, they're for, so I can get ahead. See, your lack of humility, if it elevates you, as soon as you get to where you want to be, you're probably going to fall. But when God elevates you, there is no man, there is no devil that can pull you from that position. So I'm going to trust God and I'm going to think of others. I ask you to do this one week. What would it look like if you did things different? What would it look like if you went home and actually treated your spouse or your, your kids different? What would it just look like if you were actually just aware of self-centeredness and what it means? What would it look like? So just for this week, we said, I'm going to walk in who I say I am. I will actually stand my ground. I'm actually going to listen to what God says to me. I'm actually going to focus on, on Him, and I'm going to focus on others, and I'm going to remove the attention from me. We might say, who's going to provide for me? You're trying to tell me that God provides a lily pad for a frog, and He's not going to provide for you? 
He will. It says in Proverbs 22, 4, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches. Yep, true humility and fear of the Lord lead to riches, honor, and a long life. So what if just for this week we said, God, I'm, going to be self, I'm, I'm not going to be self-centered. I'm going to think of you. When we went to restaurants, we went to gatherings, when, when we were out, I'm going to think of others before me. If we honestly took that simple statement of self-centeredness and really looked at it, if we were honest about what we're really like, what would that look like for this week? You know, what if I actually walked in the identity that Jesus gave me when I received him? What if I actually lived out the promises that he told me to live out so I would have a, a full life, so I would walk in peace? What if I gave up the false humility and actually went before God and said, God, what, what are my motives here? What are my real motives? Next one is negativity. It says in Ephesians 4.29, it says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. What do you say? This isn't always intentional either. What is actually coming out of our mouth? Do we take these verses literally? I know we don't all the time. And the, and the things that we say and the things that we do, we really think that that isn't going to affect the way I live? You think being negative all the time isn't going to affect the, the, who you are and who you are in Jesus? You know, what kind of words come out of my mouth on a regular basis? If I actually evaluated and looked at what I said all the time, it'll give me a real indication of what's really inside of me. This negativity thing is a huge thing. And even in this season, mask or no mask, COVID, no COVID, this, this. Like, what if I saw the potential in life in something? What, what if we actually looked at the deeper meaning and what it actually means? You know, it's a choice in our will. We have behavioral patterns that are hard to break, and we're going to have to choose to do this. Negativity is something you have to choose to remove from your life. It's going to take focusing on who you really are, and you're going to have to focus on the goodness of God. If I want to see the goodness of God in it, then I have to look for the goodness of God in it. i got to stop being so negative. You need to stop bringing that negative vibe with you. You know, until we feel that sting of the behavior, we won't change. Until we actually evaluate where we're at and, and you know, first the, the independence thing for me and then the self-centeredness, I don't know which one or all three might be speaking to you, and then the negativity really has a huge effect on who I am and how I act. And I can tell you that this is, it's, it's, a, it's a thief. It robs from what God wants to do in your life. What do, what do you say to people? When you walk in a room, do you bring life? What, what do I actually say? What, what do I bring to the table? You know, what do people think that they won't even say to me when I walk in a room? What, what are people, and I'm not even worried, you know, I need to be free from what they're thinking, but, but as, as an evaluation, what, what are they actually saying? Like, who, who is Adam Brewer? Who is whoever's watching? Who are you? What do you bring to the table when you walk in? What, what's the environment around you? What's the presence around you? Is it the Holy Spirit or is this is wrong, this is wrong, that's dumb, that's dumb? For me, as I looked over this last week, this just shook me in the core because you know what? The world is full of hell and it needs to stop coming from me. 
There's enough hell in the world that I don't need to bring anymore. I need to speak life. Jesus is life and wholeness. And this one, this one is huge, church. We are the church. We are not negative. Everything about us is bringing life and positive. Everything. Everything we do is on mission so people can receive the life-giving blood of Jesus Christ that changed everything for us. Proverbs 16, 24. Gracious words are a honeycomb, sweet to the soul and healing to the bones. You and I as Christians are agents of healing, not negativity. You think, oh, this feels like Sunday school. We're talking about self-centeredness, negativity independence. These are huge things in our faith that will steal, that will cause you to wear labels that Jesus removed from you. You start to believe lies that aren't true about you. We might slip up, but I'm going to say this week, you know what? I'm life-giving. You might slip up, but I'm life-giving. You know, it's even felt awkward sometimes saying I'm nice because it feels like it's self-centeredness. You know, oh, I'm just doing this because I'm supposed to. No, you're doing this because God called us to be life givers. This week, you will start to speak life. This week, when we speak life, our lives will change. And not a false humility. We humble ourselves before God. Maybe this week you need to find somebody and say, you know what, John, Sarah, whatever, I wrestle with being negative. I really do. I actually wrote down what I've said. I wrestle with negativity, and I want to be more positive, and I want to look for the good and potential and not all the negativity in my life. And I want to see the goodness of God because there's I can't even read it because I'm crying. <laughs> I want to see the goodness of God because that's who I became when I received Jesus. Start small. Start small. Say, hey, uh, nice shirt. <laughs> Do it. Hey, nice rat tail. I've seen a guy with a rat tail today. Amazing. Hey, you're doing a great job at this. This must be a tough season. Hey, down at Sobeys, you did an amazing job cleaning off that belt rather than complaining. I wish they wouldn't clean that stupid belt so I could get my stupid food and get home and eat it. <laughs> Bring positive life. Be positive. Start small. We are agents of healing. Proverbs 12:18 says, "The words, the words of the reckless, pierce like swords." but the tongue of the wise bring healing. I don't know what your attitude's like. I don't know if God's speaking to you in this. Evaluate yourself this week and say, you know what, I'm going to be a life giver. The last, the last point, tie these together, and it's sin. Oh my he said the word sin. Here we go. Condemnation. Sin. 
If you haven't heard or you haven't thought about this word in a while, that's a problem as a Christian. Sin in the Bible is like an archery term. Right? It's, it's aiming. You know, many of us make a mistake and we, we aim wrong. What are you aiming at? Sin can mean I'm aiming at the wrong things. And it, it's not even that you're not aiming. It's just we forgot where to aim. There's things that gratify the soul and, and, and make us feel temporarily good. This, this is huge for us, church, in this season. In all seasons, that sin is, sin is a big deal in a Christian's life. And God called us to remove that from our life. He saved me from that. I know when we first got saved, when you first got saved, when I first got saved, I had, I had strict lines in my life. And God's going to remove this. And I'm, I'm going to give them this. You know, I'm going to forgive those people. I'm going to receive that forgiveness. And then we start to move the lines, don't we? It's like, well, you know, I can do that. It doesn't really affect me. Well, that, that won't really affect me. I can do that. What's the sin in your life right now? Being independent, self-centered, negative, and having sin in our life that we're not willing to admit and allow God to remove will cause us to miss out on what He has for us as children. What is your position towards sin right now in your life? What, what, what are you callous to? What are you allowing in your life? If you, if you keep going back to those old labels like my brother-in-law, as you could see it through the shirt, if you go home at night and you still see some of those things in your life, I challenge you to look at what is in your life. I challenge you to go back to the day where you received that life-giving blood and, and said, you know what, those things are gone in my life and I'm not doing it, and I've seen it in my own. You know what, I'm, I'm aiming at things that gratify, but I want all Jesus has for me too. I'm aiming at things that are just going to fill me. And you know what, we know at the end of the day that they're no good for us and they're not going to last, but there's something about that self-gratification in that moment that the flesh wants so bad. It says in Romans 6.12, Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you will obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer every part of yourselves to him is an instrument of righteousness. Are you offering every part of yourself to him? Are there parts that I'm keeping to myself? Is there things that I enjoy that I know aren't healthy, but I'm not willing to give them over, and yet my life is in shambles, it's in chaos, and I'm not a life giver, I'm not a healing agent, because I have sin in my life. And there's a grace, and I'm not talking about mistakes we make, but you know if you're, you'll know if you're in the right spot. You'll know if you're before God and, and you need to rid yourself of these sins. What is your position? Where do you stand? Where's your line? How much has your line moved? 
I'm and you're not going to let our mind this week be plagued with things that stress us out. Sin will always stress us out. Falling short will stress us out. It will distract us from our true calling and true life. See, I know God is working in hearts today, and I know that these four things that I said will will remove junk from your life. And, And as a Christian... You know, as a Christian, when's the last time I asked myself, Adam, I'm a, I'm a Christian. And how, what does that actually mean? What, what does it mean to be a Christian? Does my life reflect the label that I received the day I received Jesus? Do I bring life into the room when I walk in? As we pray today, I, I just challenge you this week to to work on these, to be serious about these, to look at, you know, relationships, independence, your self-centeredness. Is it all about me and what I can get? And look up the Scriptures and what God says about it. Make a commitment to yourself. Is it going to be easy? No. Monday will be hard. Friday will be good. Push through and and look at the sin and the lines you've drawn and the things that, that you put into your mind that you just know are not healthy. So we're going to pray, and I'm believing that God is going to remove things from your life as we go this week. I'm excited to hear the stories of what he's going to do in your life because for me, it's been a journey. For me, it's been a struggle when I really start to look at at the Christian life that God called me to live and who I really want to be. You know, he calls me a son, calls you a daughter. So as we pray, I just open your hands and, and your heart and just say, just agree with me. You know, God, I, I'm, I'm going to follow you and I'm going to get serious about some of the stuff in my life that is allowing these old labels to define me of who I used to be. God, today is a day of life. I choose you. I choose all of you to come in and just cleanse me to restore me, to remove all of the junk from my life. God, the things that I've allowed to come in that have robbed me from the joy that you promise, the choice that I have to to be purified before you, God. Today, as a church family, we choose you. Jesus, we are Christians. And I want everything that means in my life. I'm a Christ follower. And the reason we said that day we want to follow you is because we knew that everything you offered was better than anything I had. That everything you give me is eternal and that you're never changing. So Jesus, today we just ask you now to cleanse, to remove, to purify us that we can follow you in love and grace and we can breathe life in this season. For those that don't know you, God, I pray just in their hearts they just receive you today in Jesus' name or they just say, God, yeah, I have a lot of that junk in my life, sin and shame, and you died for it and I'm going to follow you today. I'm going to receive your, your love and your grace and I'm going to walk as a new person. God, we pray as we go this week 
that you just cover us with your blessings, that you cover us with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.